Hello and welcome to the Helping Organisations Thrive podcast. This is your host, Julian Roberts. This podcast is to provide leaders with insights, discussions and robust strategies to help their companies thrive in these challenging times. We will be interviewing business leaders, owners and experts in the field of business resilience. Welcome to Helping Organisations Thrive. Uh, today, I have the pleasure of Ashavad Lobo. Uh, welcome, Ashavad. Yeah, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I, I thank you. You could uh, you can make it. You're in the UAE, and uh, I'm just going to tell our audience a little bit about you. Uh, you're a performance and focused HR and training professional, um, and reputable for developing the human capital value for global corporate firms. Uh, you've been repeatedly ranked as the top 100 global training and development minds for optimizing people metrics through management consulting and scalable skill building training and development programs um, so you've got a lot of experience 13 years of experience across diverse industries uh, you've got an mba uh, you're a licensed nlp practitioner practitioner and also you've been pursuing uh, the pcc qualification with the icf uh, you're also an author of, of the books uh, Full of Life, and this is a series of books focused on helping you becoming more fulfilled in your life. So welcome on, and I really appreciate your time here today. Um, and I say what I always ask all my guests at the very start is to say, you know, what do you love about what you do? Yeah, sure. And that's a beautiful question, right? Uh, I think I was fortunate enough uh, 15 years ago when I started my career to actually know what I love doing and be able to do that. So I, I, what I love about what I do is the positive impact that I create on people's lives by being a facilitator, by being a coach, by being a leader who's able to design programs that make a real difference, you know, not just a check in the box, I've been educated, uh, but more programs that make a true impact. And when I hear back from the people whose lives have been impacted, I think that's what keeps me going. And that's really what I love about what I do. And have you always known you wanted to have that impact in, in a context of learning development of people? Uh, honestly, no. You know, early in my career, it was just about doing product training. Uh, it's about doing some communication skills training. So it was just about imparting knowledge. Uh, however, with my second job, when I started off, that, that was a company that had a very strong impact focus uh, linked to New York life in the US. Uh, and you had we actually had a unique role where I was partly in training and partly in the business, but never in HR uh, for nearly two years. And uh, as a trainer, I had business targets and I had incentives that I would earn uh, from there. And that clearly made the strong connect for me between how learning can actually create impact, not just on people's lives, but on business in general as well. Mm. And it does. And, it, and I want to tap into that sort of experience that you've had with organizations and sort of learning and development. And, you know, we're in a time, a very strange time right now, where we've got uh, organizations and people scattered in terms of working from home a lot more, uh, yeah. also going through the whole challenges of um uh, of, of, of each company facing how they're going to navigate through this. And uh, and within that comes people. And, and uh, the question I want to ask really is, is the whole piece on engagement? Because, you know, whatever we're doing in, in our organization, it's important to create an, 
an engaging culture and, and making sure yeah. people are engaged and yeah. you know lots of you know engagement surveys that go on and ways of making people engage and i just want to get your thoughts on how we do that uh with yeah. our, our teams yeah sure absolutely so we'll talk about engagement uh, in this context right in the current context so for years uh, as a part of lnd the traditional engagement approach that i've been part of and i've actually led as well with organizations is do a survey get the results analyze the results make clear action plans link them to you know kpis and performance metrics of business leaders so they actually do something about it do a survey the next year keep your fingers crossed uh, and hope that the results improve right uh, i mean I, i don't i'm saying it in a light way but i don't mean to jest about it it's a great approach it 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 worked but with covid and with the disruption that's happened now mm. is so, it sorry, just, yeah, going, sorry. just going back to that process which is in yes. the whole sort of engagement survey process Uh-huh. Do you feel it's a little bit of a a lip service, almost a little bit of a we're paying lip service to engagement by we're doing a survey with people, yeah. or do you think there is some genuine learnings and engagement that comes from it, and plans or action plans yeah. that come out of it? I mean, uh, from your own experience. So, Julian, I think uh, it's like with any tool, right? You're equipped with a tool called an engagement survey. now what you do with it is that's what depends on the hr professionals leading the whole engagement initiative so uh, it can definitely be lip service and i've seen it when i was a consultant for 5 years with a few organizations uh, who use the tool probably sometimes the best engagement survey companies but when we survey employees and we talk to them this is the exact word that employees use that yeah they just want to tell, you know show us that they're doing something about it but i don't see what's happening so definitely it's like any tool uh if you know how to make the most of it it can be far more uh, than lip service and i can share an example uh, if that helps that would be really helpful how have you found a way of doing it that genuinely makes it this is a genuine thing and and gets genuine in long term impacts from it as well yeah exactly absolutely so let's talk about that i think one thing that i did with the previous company which was a manufacturing company uh, where i was the talent lead for the middle east and africa region uh, we partnered with a, one of the top firms who has a very validated survey engagement survey with benchmarks around the world in the region and also within the industry that we were in so that's important you know a survey monkey engagement survey is not going to have the same impact uh, as a global organization who's done this for years and has all the benchmarks so that was the first step right get the right partner in place uh, yeah. which will give you what you need to know uh, the second key then is to partner with them to customize your questions because a standard questionnaire is not going to work in the region you're in in the industry you're in and for the people that you deal with so working with the senior leaders in a workshop to really come up with what are the key issues we are facing from an engagement perspective and mm-hmm. how can we ask about those so that itself is the first sort of partnership uh, to make the survey work mm-hmm. so that's two steps right get a good survey customize it now the third step is your partnership with business as in all things right uh, i i remember seeing one of your podcasts about trusted advisor now if you're a trusted advisor with business then they are ready to work with you to make a change so mm-hmm. how do you make this happen well, you run the survey of course you run a lot of marketing around it so people do participate because a key challenge with surveys and i'm sure the hr folks listening in would know is the response rate you might do a survey 
response rate is as low as 40%, uh, then you're not going to uh, get what you need. So no. how do you get people to respond without a stick saying, have you done it? Have you done it? Then the results are not what you want. Mm. Uh, and we managed to actually get uh, for two years a response rate of as high as 90%. Uh, and this was completely voluntary. And the reason for that was very strong branded communication. So mm. we literally ran a marketing campaign in partnership with our marketing team. Uh, and that worked. We saw that it worked. We saw that uh, partic people responded. So mm. get a good participation. And most companies after that stop, unfortunately. And then it's lip service. So you heard from us. <coughs> sorry, you heard from us. Uh, now, what are you going to do about it? So what we did a bit differently is we did a workshop. We looked at what were some of the top actions or top suggestions that came up repeatedly, you know, mm -hmm. statistically from the thousands of employees we spoke to. And then the management team, along with actually employees from all levels, brainstormed and said, what are some action plans we can do? What are some mm -hmm. tangible things we can do? And they could be simple things like people not feeling safe because of equipment. Now, that's a quick fix. You could change the equipment. People tangibly see, oh, the equipment is now changed. And the next year you survey, you'll see the difference uh, from that survey. So do create action plans. Uh, it's a little longish answer. Feel free to ask me in between. Uh, uh, the fifth thing is to tie this to performance. Uh, a lot of... Uh, a lot of companies would fail in creating an effective engagement survey and a change because the actions are created, put on a wall, and then no one does anything about it. Because obviously business leaders are busy. But when we put we put two actions in each business leader's performance form, and at the end their bonus, their increment was tied to that. Uh, okay, so you make you make make the leader completely accountable. And it's yes. part of their review then. So yes. that sort of steps it up. And I, I like your bit where you, just by virtue of you engaging other people in workshop is obviously ultimately going to create engagement anyway. And the fact is yeah. it creates that genuine, I've said my my opinion, I've contributed, yeah. and therefore they're doing something about it because I'm actually involved in trying to fix these problems, ideas or thoughts that have come through, yes. which yes. again further empowers that engagement piece, doesn't it? Exactly. So the key, if you see, is to flip the responsibility, right? As long as uh, sur service engagement is lip service, when it's shown as I'm responsible to survey you every year and know what you want, and maybe I'll do something about it. But it's real work. When you say engagement, whose engagement is it? It's your engagement. So you've got to do something about it yourself. But I will work with you as a business leader, as a company, to make that change happen. So these two KPIs from leaders would cascade down. And like you rightly understood, right? Someone on the ground would be doing these actions of changing mm. the equipment, of changing the policy, which everyone's talking about is not working for them. Mm. And these changes would be communicated. So the sixth key element is again communication. So we'd have town halls with the CEO or the head of business talking about the engagement actions they've taken and sometimes even testimonials with people talking about how they've seen things change. So an employee who filled the survey is saying now good things, not scripted, not you know paid to do it. Uh, and even the leader himself is talking about the changes that he's done. So this quarterly sort of a review process helps people see it as an ongoing process instead of just a one-time uh, activity. Okay, I like that. Um, and I think that's keeping it very transparent, very open, yeah. and I guess keeping that integrity. So going back to our current times now, how do we yeah. continually 
I guess, have a, a drive for engagement, keeping people engaged in their roles, engaged in their career progressions, engaged and excited about the brand that they're serving in and working for and yeah. engaging with leadership. How do we do that this time? And, and it, it, there is some challenges, sort of obviously the remote piece, but just as a, some principles, what would we, we'd like to share on that? Yeah, sure. So if we uh, talk about it at a high level, right, a lot of companies at this time are even shelving their employee engagement service. They are postponing them sometimes and, they, and that's out of a fear of what might happen. Uh, and that I wouldn't recommend against because this probably is the best time to do a survey. I was going to say, that would be the yeah. best. You want to know exactly how people are feeling, what are the yeah. issues. Yeah. If you're not already hearing anyway from people, that would be a wonderful way to do it, wouldn't it? Uh, sorry, I lost you a little bit. It, it cut off in between. Yeah, so in terms of um, it would be the right time to do it now. You know, people will be canvassing yeah. information already, but yeah. to do a survey now to say, where is everybody at? Are they yeah. engaged? What are the problems? What are the challenges? And therefore, so you, are you finding people are actually cancelling them now because of COVID? Uh, yeah, cancel. I mean, uh, if to be politically correct, you're not cancelling them. Yeah, you're postponing them. Uh, and and like what you said, right? Just because you don't survey, it doesn't mean that people aren't talking about it. So they're always talking to each other. The grape wine exists, uh, and that's in fact creating a, a negative effect where people are anyway, you know, talking to themselves, but the company doesn't always necessarily uh, hear it. I wouldn't call out names in this, but that's what I hear uh, from the network uh, as well. Okay. So what are your principles then in terms of uh, making yeah. that engagement right now then? Correct. So one is don't cancel your survey. Do it. <laughs> this is the best time uh, to listen in uh, really to the employee. Uh, the second, I think, is to flip the ownership completely, right? Now, what does it mean, flip the ownership? It's always been employee engagement. Uh, and I speak about this at, at events and even in our book, Full of Life, uh, about self-engagement. Now, what's self-engagement? Uh, it's if I, if I asked you a question or anyone listening in a question, who's responsible to engage you? So what would you say if you were working for a company? Who's responsible to engage you? Well, it's me really, isn't it? I guess, ultimately. Yeah. I mean, as an executive coach, you've nailed it. Uh, but if you ask uh, 100 employees, right, who's responsible, a lot of them would say, yeah, the company I work for, you know, I'm giving it my best. It better engage me. Or sometimes people would say my manager is responsible to engage me. Uh, and and is that wrong? It's not wrong. Yes, the company is responsible to engage you. The manager is responsible to engage you. But who is primarily responsible for you to bring in that discretionary effort. That's what engagement is, right? Discretionary effort. So I think it's about flipping the ownership of employee engagement in this time, especially because people are remotely working. There might be limited contact with your manager. You don't have the social time that you would otherwise have uh, at work. To ask yourself, what am I doing to engage myself at work today? Okay. So I like that. that, that that's... I mean, that's creating that sense of, I guess, accountability and responsibility, which should be there anyway. But flipping the engagement piece, as in how are you self-engaging? How are you proactive going about it? So how do you get your employees into that? Yeah. Well, well, firstly, the mindset, because there's a slightly different yeah. mindset change, but also yes. to change their behaviors that will output that as well. So what, do you, what, do you, what yeah. have you done that would help with that? 
Yeah, sure. So practically speaking, you know, uh, how would you do this, right? How would you implement uh, this concept of self-engagement? Uh, you'd have to first start from the top because the key is the mindset. Now, it, we would start with the leadership to say, okay, what is your approach of engagement? And what if we were to drive this concept of self-engagement? So get that buy-in from the senior level to say, okay, this is what we want to do. And then, of course, they are engaging themselves, but their job is also to enable this self-engagement. So the key, one, the first step would be get buy-in from your leadership. The second step would be to make them enablers of self-engagement. What does that mean? Uh, how do you make someone an enabler of self-engagement? To self-engage, we believe, Hans and I, the authors of Full of Life, uh, to self-engage, there are three aspects that must be very clear with anyone. Okay, what are those three aspects? The first one is a clear understanding of who you are. So if I was to ask you, Julian, who are you? What would you say? <laughs> I guess it would depend on my context, which is, <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a father, I'm, a, I'm an executive coach, mm -hmm. I'm a leader, I'm an entrepreneur. I mean, it just, it depends on, it's interesting as in who you are. It's, yeah. uh, it, it's a context for me. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that helps with your example there. Or have sure, I made it completely sure. difficult for you? <laughs> no, absolutely. Actually, uh, it made it very easy, right? Look at what you uh, uh, responded. And typically, when I'm coaching people or when we're in workshops, when we ask people, uh, the it's you're right, it's contextual. But the most common response are labels or roles that we take, right? A father, an entrepreneur, a businessman, a coach. These are roles that you take. But is that really you? And who are you really? I mean, without making it a coaching now, right? Yeah. Uh, who are you really uh, is about a few things. It's about your values, yes. right? It's about your personality. It's about what you believe. Now, all of these things come together to enable you to become a great coach, a great father, a great businessman, right? These are enablers, uh, but you, unless you understand and know who you really are, which we call out uh, in our book and in our methodology, knowing your values, knowing your beliefs, knowing your personality, and bringing these three together into something like an identity statement. Now, uh, is, that, is that done? You do this in a, a context of a group coaching or training that would help sort of people bring that together, I guess. Yes. So as a leader, the first thing we would train them on is to help them understand who they are, right? But however, in the context of the business, so uh, because it's business after all, right? It's not only uh, personal coaching. So we would do a group coaching sort of session to help people understand who they are really and come up the end output of that would be what, what is the identity statement or what do they stand for? You could call it anything, but what do they stand for really? Who are they? So a true answer to who they are. And the second aspect, we would cover, we would cover all three aspects in the same workshop. So the leadership themselves understand who they are, understand what they want. Now, this has changed due to COVID, right? So the second question we ask people to self-engage, first, who are you? Get a real answer to that. What do you want? Now, if I ask you what do you want, again, it's very contextual. You might, uh, but uh, typically, what do you think people would say? You know, when you ask people, you coach or in a workshop, what do you want? They want to be more successful, more impactful. They want to do a good job. You know, uh -huh. yeah, that's what they want to get on, with, get on with people, that type of context, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So each person is going to give a different list, right? Because they uh, what they want is very different. So there's no one size fits all in this. 
uh, people will talk about their aspirations. Some might take it a step further and talk about their passions. Things, uh, some might talk about what they really just love to do, right? Uh, and what do you want? Uh, unfortunately, it's not the same everywhere. If you look at, I'm taking a segue back into engagement. When you do engagement surveys, 13 to 15% are really engaged out of everyone that's, you know, being surveyed. Uh, so for the others, the question is, do they really know what they want? Uh, you know, and what do you want means uh, most common responses when, when we did our research for our book was fame, money, right? Uh, this is what I want. But is that what you really want? What's that going to get you, right? What is that going to get you? And that will get you to what you really want. So again, it's a group coaching process to help the leadership arrive at who they and are that, and what they really want. And that going back to the what you really want or or your values, yeah. is that you bringing people to that place where they get to understand a little bit of their purpose, their why, yeah. and then they, I guess, and then and then they start to realize who they are and that's why they go after working with uh, you know figures or they love engaging with people mm -hmm. or, or whatever it may be and therefore yeah. they're more inspired i guess because of yeah. the line they can start to see a bit more of within this organization where my passions lie really i guess yes that, that's right julian we link the who are you or the personality the traits the strengths the values to what do you want? And then we talk about things like passion. We talk about things like purpose, right? What's your purpose? Uh, and these are questions that a lot of leaders, shockingly enough, haven't thought of. The ones that have coaches, uh, yeah, the coaches help them think about these things through the tools that we bring in. But a lot of leaders haven't thought about this. So just to get them started to think about this uh, creates a shift. And the third question is almost like a logical shift. If I know who I am and what I want, in an organizational context, the what I want is also linked to what the company wants. So if, if it's an airline and the airline wants to be the most profitable airline in the world, uh, and how can I link that to what I want? And how can I sort of bring that together so I can add real value to my role? And that, that's the link to engagement, right? Because I, can, I know who I am. I know what I bring to the table. I know what my company wants. So vision, mission, what is it that they want to achieve and tie that in uh, sort of together. And the third logical step for any business leader, we talk about in our book as well, is how do you get there, right? Uh, how do you get there is your plan, is your goal setting, is your actions, what are you going to do? Uh, and this sort of to, comes together, these three circles come together right in the center to call what we call full of life or someone who's fulfilled or in an engagement context, someone who's fulfilled is self-engaged because they know who they want, they know what they uh, who they are uh, and they know how to get there. Fantastic. I really like that. That's it, it's just It's just turning engagement completely the way around and obviously clearly investing in your people in the sense of this this a process coaching however you want to term it or training yeah. um but will then get them into a place where they know who they are they know what mm -hmm. they want and then yeah. ultimately they know how to go about that and aligning yeah. to the company as best they can and therefore they become far more engaged uh, yeah. in that sense um yes how does that that process obviously and obviously now what other areas would you sort of recommend in terms of the context of people doing a lot more, I guess, 
I guess, self-supervised or working from home or uh, not that not obviously got to trust people clearly, but how does that play out in the sort of working from home and keeping people motivated? Yeah. So now uh, if you look at how do you keep people motivated, right? You've done the process with the leaders. And I was talking about making leaders the enablers. So which means HR or LND will not do anything uh, further in terms of delivery and coaching. We enable these leaders to actually have these sort of mini sessions about who are you, what do you want with their direct reports. And you mm-hmm. cascade that down further. So uh, imagine, I think in most companies, if a manager asks his team member, what do you want, right? That conversation itself can spark so much engagement. If yes. a manager has a true understanding of who his employee is, that itself is going to create motivation from within. Uh, mm-hmm. Because when we read some of Gallup and you, you read some of the best place to work, the results and the comments, most people are disengaged because of their manager. Now, the concept of enabling the manager mm-hmm. to become the enabler of self-engagement is the managers now holding these coaching conversations with his team member. Not formally. It could even be you know, a 10-minute conversational yeah. coaching. It revolves around these three areas. You know, yeah. one danger or downside to all of this is people might quit. But the people that quit are probably those that are disengaged because if they really understand who they are and what they want, their plan on how to get there may not align with your organization because it's not what the organization wants and it's not what the organization is. But that's all right because these were anyway sort of holding you back, right? I love the Bob Keller boat analogy on engagement. I don't know if you've seen it. Two are rowing. Uh, eight are just stationary and three are actually paddling backward. Right? So, <laughs> so you'd rather uh, have these people move away and they would move away happily and they would be much more fulfilled wherever they uh, go. No, and it's true. I think you, you'd rather have some, let somebody go who finds what they really want and go after their passion as opposed to just sticking around, getting a paycheck and not really being terribly engaged, as you say, just yeah. slows everybody down and it's not very good. And just going sort of full circle from our start of our conversation yeah. uh, with that, would you still continue with some form of engagement type survey as a way of providing more opportunities to be able to sort of still share? Is that still valid? I or do you think yeah. it's still through the, the process of, by this, you're going to get a lot of sharing as well, not only of the personal things, but also going to share a bit more about uh, the organization as well. I think I would take a mixed approach, but uh, for COVID, I would I would honestly take an approach of uh, daily engagement. So there are apps, and I don't want to name them because I have no affiliations, but if you look them up, you'll find apps which help check engagement daily, right? And this could be just on the phone, a question every week. Uh, it could be uh, peers pr- nominating each other for points and rewards based on what they see. So if yes. I see you engaging, I'm going to tag you and give you some points. And every week, uh, uh, you know, you get the vibe of the organization. So instead of doing an annual survey, because things are changing every week, they're changing every month, right? So what I give in my one-year survey, I find today is not applicable. Uh, therefore, a sort of regular touch point coupled with what we shared about training the leaders, making them enablers, yeah. I think is what will really drive engagement in this time. Yeah, it's interesting. I've just thinking all that through and what's available now in terms of the technology. Yeah. My opinion right now on engagement surveys per se, because yeah. they're just a one-off <laughs> once a year, 
I th- I think they are they're dead in some sense. I think if you do more of an approach like you're doing, which is more of this create this self engagement, uh, which is a just engaging in itself. Yeah. But I know you know I was speaking to um, the CEO of Aploy, um, Adam mm-hmm. Lewis. He came on the show a few months ago, and they yeah. use um, um, assembly as a way of, which is the I'm, I'm speaking to the CEO of him soon actually. Um, okay. uh, Jonathan Fields and they use this whole way of rewarding each other and, and it's and it's it's a real positive social engagement as well and exactly. it's done it and, it, and it's and it's more ongoing it's more of a flow it's yeah. more consistent it's more daily yeah. and it's and, it, and it's fun as well it's done in a way that's okay. quite in, and interactive and yeah. I think to me that's probably a better approach than a one-off once a year dipstick type thing approach um, exactly. Yes, I've just, I've just come full circle on myself in terms of my understanding. I really, I really found that really helpful. Really helpful. Is there any last things you want to say on this? Uh, no, I think we've uh, had a great discussion uh, in terms of how en- engagement in today's context is all about self engagement, and to drive this self engagement, if you're an HR leader or an LND leader or even a business leader, how can you enable your own organization? Uh, to self-engage themselves and how can you gather the pulse of the organization than doing a one-size-fits-all, one-time uh, dead survey, as you call it. Yes. <laughs> That's my conclusion. That's not anybody else's conclusion. My conclusion. Um, I do thank you for your time, Ashavad. Um, and I'd just be good if people want to get hold of you, they want to find out where you this book you've just referred to. Um, yeah. T- yeah, tell them where we can get it. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So uh, that's my book. It's full of life. Uh, You can get it on Amazon. You can get it on Audible. The audio version is available on Audible. It's on all leading e-stores across the world. And you can write to me at authors at fulloflifebook.com. Also, our website is fairly uh, simple, fulloflifebooks.com. Those are the ways uh, to reach me. Uh, I'm also on LinkedIn and Twitter. So feel free to stay connected with me. No, I really, I really thank you for your time today. Some valuable insights, and um, I always love it every time I have a guest. I always learn something new, and and I get some different perspectives on things. So that was really helpful. So thank you for today. Thank you. Thanks for having me on your podcast, Julian. Thank you. If you like this episode, then please do subscribe, do share with your friends, and do check out other episodes in the series. If you're looking for support and help in your organisation create a resilient culture then please do get in contact with me on julianrobertsconsulting.com thank you